0: Hello, and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, GoAU firm. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 5 Hello. And U Street. Hey, you Well, I'm just going to preview right now that there is a nuclear hot take coming from Andy uh, about hockey later in the podcast. So you're going to want to look forward to that. Uh, but first, let's turn it over to Street uh, to get some uh, feedback and takes on what he thought of the Purdue game. Because uh, I haven't really had a chance to to hear your thoughts yet.
1: I know everyone was dying to hear my thoughts. As oh, much as they were dying. Bre- Bated
0: breath. Yeah,
1: as much as they were dying to go to homefieldapparel.com using the code DailyGopher and get what <laughs> is it, 10% off? Uh, 15 15% off. Even better, 15% off on your first order, uh, which is really exciting. Your first order could be the illinois state university fighting pedagogues uh which you could then send to me i'm a medium uh so we can make that happen uh here's what i thought about the uh the minnesota purdue game i thought it was an awful game of football uh, just like heinous you things. certain sports are really great to watch well maybe not to watch but to play in torrential downpours the original football fantastic I would imagine Ultimate Frisbee, just for the sheer chaos. Probably really fun to play in a torrential downpour. Football, not so much.
0: Rugby would be good, too.
1: Uh, you know, it's just, like, a lot of sort of missed plays, missed tackles, ball slipping out in certain uh, certain situations. So, like, going way over. Thank you, Aiden O'Connell, for doing that in the direction of Tyler Newbin to end the game. But overall, like, just really awful weather, which made i suspect a lot of the strategy kind of poor with that said a win is a win so that's good uh, i suspect that jeff brahm still has some seething hatred for pj which is only increasing in the way that if this was like a dark coming of age teen sort of dramedy slasher film would mean that in like act two he would try and befriend pj fleck and then i don't know try and destroy him in some way at the prom or something <laughs> He's taking a real long time in Act One, too. By the way. <laughs> well, you know, COVID. Every a uh, time just slowed down for everybody.
0: Oh, and real quick before before we continue, did anyone do we um, do we know why Jeff Brom doesn't like PJ? I mean, other than the reason Scott Frost hates PJ, which is apparently that he beats him and you know says catchy things. Is it just that? Is it the same as Scott Frost or is
1: it like did we do something to wrong him in some way? Well, I do not recall that there has been any recruit for which Purdue and Minnesota have gone hard at for, though I also don't follow recruiting particularly closely because I don't care.
2: Actually, to interrupt you, you, there in fact is one recruit that the uh, Gophers and Purdue have gone hard at one another. Uh, That would be our current, well, unfortunately, as we'll get to a little bit later, our current starting running back, Mr. Uh, Marquise Irving, who, uh, if, if anybody remembers, there was a certain Purdue assistant coach that caught a little bit of heat for basically putting a note he was writing to Irving on Twitter, talking about, like, how all of PJ's shtick was a complete act and yada yada yada. Blah, oh
1: blah, yeah. Blah. So, but but that just to be clear though, because obviously you know I'm not being like oh that didn't happen. But that post dates the Jeff Brum hatred of PJ Fleck, or at least what appears to be a hatred of PJ Fleck.
2: Yes. It 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 does. Yes. No. But yeah. I think I mean I think it probably wraps up into all of the above. But oh yeah. But I, but but I was just confirming that there was in fact a a recruit battle between the two schools that the Gophers did win.
1: I'm actually so kind of surprised they've never had a, a wide receiver recruiting battle. Like, that would actually be the position for— I mean, we <laughs> the Gophers don't pass, so so that, that's a new fun aspect of our offense. But at least historically speaking, that would be the position where I assume that Purdue and, and Minnesota would, would see each other in a bit of a fight. Yeah, you'd think
0: so. I guess for me, what that—I re- mean, clearly it's about— pj's style it's it's just a it's just yet another example of pj not being in the traditional mold and that's trickling out to be something that other staffs dislike a great deal without that necessarily having any real substance to it that's just a just a personal preference thing that they then get all crotchety about i mean that's iowa's problem that's clearly Nebraska's problem. I always thought Iowa's coaches. problem was the racism. Iowa's problem is certainly that, but that's not their problem with P.J. Flack. Oh, gotcha, gotcha.
1: To be clear, like, not the state of Iowa, just the coaching staff.
0: Uh, which is the part where I almost forgot that Chris Doyle got hired to the Jacksonville Jaguars for 24 hours by noted stand-up dude uh, Urban Meyer. Um, hashtag. That dude sucks. Um, so I know.
1: I know. To be clear, that that I was supposed to be talking about my sort of Purdue hot takes, but frankly, they're frankly they're they're pretty boring. Uh, so I'm just gonna briefly say that because it's the bye week. Uh, In terms of and maybe transitioning into things that made me laugh, a couple of things made me laugh this week. Uh, One of the things that made me laugh was the fact that two college teams were just playing in a torrential downpour and everyone was just like, yeah, whatever. And P.J. Fleck chose not to wear a rain jacket.
0: He just mopped his head off with a towel. He kept a towel nearby. That's yeah, all so he did. was
1: he was mopping his head and he was mopping the the microphone with the towel. But everything else was just you just wearing his usual uniform. And so That's it kind true. of turned into like a weird, like wet quarter zip contest for him. I don't know, like maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Fleck has been like doing some like extra peck work of late and just wanted to like really let everyone know. Uh, you know, it's... It's gonna be the winter soon. It's time to like get bulky. It's that last bit where you look, you know, real, real jacked. I'm not sure, but I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was strange. I, I think rain jackets are good, but maybe that's just because I don't like being soaked from rain. Not, not
0: catching pneumonia is a positive thing.
1: Also, like maybe my pecs just aren't that good, so I'm self conscious about it. I don't wanna, don't wanna go out and let everyone see. So that was the first thing that was really funny to me. Uh, this week, uh obviously the fact that, that Minnesota won allowed me to, to generally be kind of uh, amused. The second thing that was really funny to me this week is that uh, Michigan boat raced Wisconsin in the second half, though I will be clear that I think part of the reason for that is that the backup to Graham Mertz is not very good, and I hope personally that Graham Mertz is in fact uh, okay and healthy you know, going forward, because uh, I don't think anyone should ever wish injuries on anyone. But I did really enjoy Michigan kicking the crap out of Wisconsin. That was nice that that was enjoyable and the third thing that was really funny for me this week is that um you know jacksonville jacksonville takes everyone (laughs) once you once you enter jacksonville you just you know you never leave and by never leave i mean you do whatever the heck urban meyer was doing in that bar (laughs)
0: I feel like they really did, The Good Place, uh, which if you have not watched on Netflix you need to be doing, The Good Place really uh, picked the right town uh, in Florida uh, for, and now I'm suddenly blanking, what was the character's name? Unless both of you haven't watched The Good Place, where I'm really going to start like questioning you know, who you are as human beings.
1: Jason, oh, Jason Mendoza. Mendoza. Is Jason who, Mendoza. Is. Is I'm we were. I was giving you an opportunity to figure it out on your own. You know, in growth as a way to score good place points. So did Urban Meyer? I didn't. I didn't watch. I didn't. Well, I mean, I suppose like everyone has sort of seen the original video, or whatever. But I did not watch his sort of apology video. But I think it's amazing. It's Am I correct that Urban Meyer? sort of said that he was having like a nice quiet dinner or something. And then he was forced to go to a different bar without his family. Is that how it went? That's
0: down? that's basically the line he's taken. Um What the
1: fuck is he? Is he I, Columbo?
0: <laughs> I, well, and all that's been
2: proven false. There's a Ben Koo who uh, <laughs> is, I don't know exactly remember who he's working for now, but he's, he's based out of Columbus and did a whole bunch of Ohio state stuff. Basically, put together the timeline and 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 tweets from urban's family completely contradict urban's story Um, his wife tweeted out not once but twice pictures of her babysitting their grandkids that night while he was out at basically his own bar, by the way, uh, the one in, in Ohio that he co owned. Wait, that's his bar? That's his bar, the bar and restaurant that he co owns, and it was the other co owner's birthday party that they were originally at. And apparently, the, the story that this guy basically did and researched is that um, they were all out drinking. They basically came with the driver, went in, were in the restaurant part, and then basically went over to the bar half later on. And that's where the infamous video now took place, whatever. But somebody That else...
0: that helps me that helps me understand because I, I just found out today that that bar has a picture. Like there's a you know how around the the outside the upper part of the locker room at Minnesota they've got all the pictures and it's kind of a wraparound. There's a wraparound set of images in that bar of Urban and one of the r- images in that wraparound are Urban and his wife hugging. And I, I thought it was weird that a random bar in Columbus had that much of a like shrine to urban but now that you know he co-owns it it makes way more sense but to to circle back that meant that he was doing the shady stuff in the bar where he has a picture of himself hugging his wife urban Myers
2: chap house now with great yelp reviews
1: i just can't I, I mean, admittedly, the, the notion of going to, like, a coach restaurant I always think is, like, a little bit strange. It's kind of like willingly going to a Guy Fieri establishment. However, if you are the owner of this bar, and I, and I want to be really clear, what's hilarious to me about this actually has nothing to do with uh, the woman who is in the video. Like, it's totally fine for her to live her best life. What is incredibly amusing to me is that urban meyer went on national tv to publicly apologize because he did something deeply jacksonville and the entirety of the jacksonville jaguars organization is like nah man that's really messed up (laughs) that's hilarious (sighs) oh
2: My, my other favorite subplot to the story, which it has nothing really to do with Urban at all, but the, that sort of red, heathered sweatshirt that he was shown wearing uh,
1: yeah. at the time.
2: Ah, yes. and, and Ryan Day comes out to give his weekly press conference today wearing the exact same <laughs> sweatshirt. <laughs> and you, 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 I mean, college football coaches can be aloof, but there is absolutely no way that was not intentional one way or the other.
1: Do you think Ryan Day has been to Urban Meyer's bar and restaurant? 100%. I'm pretty
0: sure Urban made the university pay for coaches' dinners there. Book, no, no, book I mean that. I mean,
1: since, since he has become a head coach. Or do you oh, think that's man. sort of like, you know, I, I don't want to go – I want to have my own bar and restaurant. I don't want to go to the previous guy.
0: It's a great question.
1: Do we know anyone who could be in a Ryan Day press conference who could ask that question? Could we send Blake – to Ryan Day press conference?
2: I think we should. I, I mean, you're you're missing the lead here that there's somebody on this podcast that's only like a two-hour drive away from Columbus.
0: Yeah, I don't care enough. I think we send Blake. I mean, we got... We he have... skipped out on ask him a hockey question. His punishment is he has to go ask Ryan Day if he's ever eaten at Urban Meyer's
1: restaurant since Meyer quit. I mean, to be fair, I think a great punishment in all things is to be forced to go to Ohio. Hey, now. Some of us live here. No matter what, Andy. Andy. So I had three things. I had a very enjoyable, I had a very enjoyable, uh, amusing weekend. Apparently, was there anything that you found uh, particularly amusing?
2: Uh, you you stole mine with the the whole the last five minutes we've discussed the Urban Meyer saga. That was going to be mine, <laughs> so you, you took care of that for me. Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna thank you, Andy, because you brought a detail into my life. There was a media member in Columbus who spent time chronologically syncing urban meyer's family's tweets versus his story versus like that's a lot of work for dude's a shady guy
1: the pentagon papers did urban meyer cheat on his wife and lie about it in public roughly the same importance as a news story
0: in Columbus, yes, apparently, and
1: oh, in Columbus, really in Columbus, me... the latter is way more important than the, than the former ever was.
0: Makes me makes me very concerned for Columbus. Not that it shocks me, I guess. But all right, so we stole Andy's mine. Uh, actually, is Wisconsin related uh, tangentially? Um, I I very much enjoyed Cincinnati really dominating Notre Dame. That was enjoyable for me. But the detail that really brought it home for me was that Notre Dame waited until after beating Wisconsin to bench Jack Cohn. Uh, Jack Cohn, not to be seen during the second half of the loss to Cincinnati because the dude wasn't good enough to get it done. But, you know, they made sure they got that shellacking done on Wisconsin first to rub it in everybody's faces. Then they benched him. That, that, to me, is just chef's kiss. Uh, chef's kiss, Schadenfreude. What um, is
1: what is the top five matchup this week? Iowa is playing who? Is it Penn State? Penn State. Penn State's coming to Kinnick. Uh, do we have a... I mean, obviously, we have a reading interest, like, not Iowa in that game, of course. So I, I mean, that sounds. But is it reasonable that either of those teams are currently in the top five right now?
0: No. I mean, Iowa hasn't... All right, this is the part where I'm going to like cut myself when I'm done talking about it. I don't think Iowa is good as they're ranked, but I also don't think they've shown anything. That's just like gut feel, like slash hatred. I actually feel like Penn State has put things on paper that make it pretty clear they're not a number four team. Um, Like they just haven't. The eye test just doesn't show it. I was been smoking people. I just don't really have a lot of faith in who they've been blowing out. But I can't. What can I say to that? I mean, okay, they they've beaten everybody they were supposed to beat, and they did it handily. Handily beat these teams. So if they're living on turnover luck, that'll come out eventually. Um, in the meantime, I still don't think they're a top five team. But everybody else keeps losing, and they haven't, and neither has Penn State. So between the two of them, I think Penn State's got the weaker case on paper, uh, personally. Um, but no, neither of them are top five teams, in my opinion.
1: My last, I don't have a, I don't have a hot take. I'm excited to hear Andy's here uh, in a second because I, I do think it is what everyone who listens to this podcast has absolutely been 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 waiting for. Uh, but I will say not in a in a laugh like haha this was hilarious in a like stupid sense, but in the laugh that you do because you're watching something absolutely wonderful happen and you just can't believe it, Bo Nix's inability to pass when he had a bunch of time in the pocket versus his ability to make absurd plays, when he sort of had to run away and get out of about three sacks during the entirety of the Auburn-LSU game it was magical.
0: I swear to God, it might actually be a reasonable offensive scheme to just have two offensive linemen lay down on every play and let him scramble for glory.
1: It's the new the new triple option at Auburn is one offensive lineman just doesn't block their defender and Bo Nix has to read it.
0: I mean, if you if you sped up the tape of some of those those scramble throws, and then put the um, what's that classic music Cops, thank you. If you put that behind it, I, I I couldn't get any more perfect.
1: Well, I mean, it could because you could be having dinner at Urban Meyer's bar and restaurant in Columbus over the weekend. <laughs>
0: We are excited uh, as the blog to announce the return of Homefield apparel as a podcast sponsor uh, not familiar with Homefield? Uh, they're going to have stuff that you love to wear comfortable gear cool vintage designs uh, everyone on the blog freaking loves this stuff you may recall from the pod earlier this summer how, how over the moon we were that they were uh, finally releasing minnesota stuff Nothing makes us happier than great gopher gear, so if you want some of your own, use the code DAILYGOPHER during checkout at homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first purchase with the good brand. That is code DAILYGOPHER at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, uh, I just want to point out, Street, that you are currently on a three-game losing streak with your bets.
1: I'm doing really bad in both ways. I'm like full Clay Travis right now. I'm doing I'm doing bad in the in the regular betting and I will admit though that I thought this week uh, well last week I said that Tanner Morgan would throw more than two touchdown passes and I think all of us sort of imagined that that was going to be a freebie <laughs> so this yeah. week this week given that I actually uh, kind of expected that Minnesota was going to lose to Purdue to be frank a, I kind of assumed as well that it was going to be a very frustrating game and so therefore. I figured, based on last week, that the bet I put in, which was to hammer the over on the number of times that Andy swore during the game, for whatever number someone thought that the the line was going to be on that, was just a free money. Just absolutely free money. And then no, Minnesota turned out to put in like a reasonably good enough performance such that Andy was pretty reserved and, and relaxed. So I don't know. Things, uh, things are really ruining. And then the other side, the locks of the weeks that I have sort of guaranteed to be wrong, I keep accidentally getting right. Either way, you're losing money.
0: Andy, I just want to make sure you understand in case your healthcare professional did not tell you when they gave it to you. Ativan can be addictive. And if that's what you're <laughs> using to force Blake to lose, uh, sorry, the street to lose these bets, then I would rethink that behavior immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, we are getting to Andy's nuclear hot take here in just a moment. I just want to remind everybody it is uh, now the lead up to Nebraska, which means it is the lead up to the Broken Chair Trophy. Uh, this is, I think, just a real fun opportunity to celebrate a ridiculous moment in college football history, but also to raise money for uh, two very good causes, uh, the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital and the Team Jack Foundation for Nebraska. Uh, if you're not really familiar, uh, the part of the event surrounding uh, the Broken Chair Trophy, which again, not yet a official trophy, but certainly the best unofficial trophy in college football, is uh, this competition between the fan bases to see who can raise uh, the most charity money uh, for either uh, Minnesota Children's Hospital or Team Jack Foundation. Uh, you need to be going to the brokenchairtrophy.com, going ahead, uh, tossing some dollars into the Minnesota piggy bank uh, because Nebraska went from having like, I don't know, $200 and being blown out by a thousand to suddenly having like $5,000 raised in a day because uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know exactly how that happened. It hasn't happened in any other year that the swing has been that strong. So we need to swing it back towards Minnesota's way uh, and raise some money for uh, University of Minnesota Children's Hospital. That is BrokenChairTrophy.com. And you should be going there immediately to share the love with a good cause.
1: I just want to sorry not to like keep Andy waiting because I I know it's important. I just should add just to really drive home that in no way are we endorsed, sponsored, or in any way receive financial compensation about the broken bits of chair. This is very good point. There
0: and neither are the folks running it. They are. This is a this is donations going directly to. You'll see when you go to the donation page. It's actually taking you to. Um, the University of Minnesota Children's Hospital so
1: so it is a a purely charitable donation
0: a hundred percent charitable donation um, that's going directly to um, the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital Just checking in actually to give a real live score update Minnesota has Minnesota fans have raised twenty two thousand four hundred and forty dollars um, to the children's Hospital and the Huskers are currently at um where's that well, more I make, money i want to see how much more than well, currently Lisa i don't right know there there's this, the this website this website is confusing time. me uh, yeah okay we're gonna go with that it's more more than what minnesota's raised go get minnesota back in the game be charitable to the university of minnesota children's hospital and good things will follow andy my friend you what we really should have bet the over for um, swearing was on women's hockey i think um, bring bring this hot take to the world
2: i'm going to disappoint you again just like just like you're going to disappoint all our listeners uh, with 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 all that's teasing it's it's not quite the uh, nuclear hot take that i No 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 are you saying
1: are you saying that a discussion of something occurring with gopher women's hockey is not itself going to be a nuclear hot take? Uh, I- no, I'm sorry. I heard you before the podcast use words that essentially were
0: win quick or get fired.
2: It wasn't quite exactly like that. But to to bring it up, uh, the, the gopher women's hockey team started their season uh, last weekend. They hosted Ohio State. Uh, and they got swept. The Ohio State won both games, uh, one by a score of uh, two four to two, and one by four to one. That now brings the Gophers' record against uh, the top two teams in the WCHA, Wisconsin and Ohio State, over the last two seasons, to a two eleven and one record, which is, I think, most. Minnesota women's hockey fans would say unacceptable. Um, you know, Wisconsin obviously is they're they're the two time national champs. They're they're good, and it pains the uh, pains the Minnesota fan to see that. Uh, but the fact that the Gophers couldn't get a single win against the Badgers in in five tries last year is is utterly frustrating. The one that's more frustrating is seeing Ohio State sort of come from the middle pack of the of the NCAA, not really doing anything and completely usurping Minnesota as by far the second best team in the conference and a top two, three team in the nation. Um, one of the reasons they've done that has been Nadine They're do they're not their new head coach now, she's been there five or six years. Muzerol was a star for the Gophers in the uh, early 2000s and then was a, an assistant with go for head coach, Brad Frost, for a couple of years before leaving Minnesota to take over Ohio state. And she has completely turned around that program and brought them from, from bottom feeders to one of the top two, three teams in the country. Um, and she owns Minnesota. There's no doubt about it. I think, uh, even if you go back to 2019, the Gophers just went two and two against Ohio state. So they've, they've won, you know, so far in basically the last 12 meetings with the Buckeyes, they've won four games. Uh, that That's not going to cut it for, you know, the female version of, of Pride on Ice. And we've obviously dealt with the, the men's team struggles over the past few years, and it resulted in, in uh, Don Lucia stepping away and, and Bob Motzko taking over and probably leaving a few years later than he than he should have. Um, and, and Brad Frost is considerably younger than Don Lucci is, but it's definitely not been a, a positive turn the last few seasons for the Gophers. Um, so I am not directly calling for anybody's head, but if this trend continues, if Minnesota continues to struggle against Wisconsin and Ohio State, uh, I think Mark Coyle's going to have a decision on his hands. And if he does decide to make a change, I think the first person you need to go to is, is you need to go to Columbus, to Nadine Moserall, and say, how much will it cost you to move from Columbus back to Minneapolis? Because she obviously knows what's what's going on with the current uh, atmosphere of college hockey. She's got Ohio State playing uh, outstanding, and they have completely leapfrogged Minnesota. And, uh, you know, Minnesota, they, they we'll see exactly where they are. They head up to Duluth this weekend. They've got a huge series against UMD, which – um you know arguably it's it's a fight for third and fourth in the conference between the gophers and the bulldogs uh Wisconsin, Ohio State are a class above the rest right now. so uh this will be a you know a fairly big series, another early season series to really hopefully put the gophers on pace to at least finish third in the conference and and have a, a arguable chance at, at squeezing into the NCAA tournament come March but uh if they struggle this weekend, um you know, you just got to wonder what's going on because uh, the last few recruiting classes have not quite been been cutting it and or when they've gotten to campus they haven't quite uh, turned out like uh, like the teams of old so um, Brad Frost needs to try and get things figured out here and, and get this program turned around or uh, or or Mark Coyle might need to start uh, taking a look
0: around. You worded it in a very I think balanced way but i would say by any measure <laughs> what you just said qualifies as a, a a nuclear hot take not because i think you're wrong but just in the context of it's i mean Brad Frost has has done more at Minnesota than Don Lucia did
2: oh 100% it would be i mean it would be basically replacing a legend it would be basically i mean it, it would be forcing out and John Wooden is a bad example but it, i mean somebody who's had had a lot of success at a school um but as we've seen in in many levels of of college athletics at some point things change and you try and run the same systems and they just don't seem to work anymore and and i you know i haven't watched this team enough to see whether that's the issue or whether it's it's recruiting but uh, the Gophers current recruiting class, for what it's worth, is is, you know, not doing great. Uh you've got uh Bethany Browson and uh Johnson, I'm forgetting his uh first name now, who are Gopher former head coaches, uh who they left to take over and they basically running the St. Thomas program. And Saint Thomas has landed some fairly high twenty twenty three recruits in this off season that you know, in, in normal years, you would have thought maybe these would be Minnesota gals, and now they're they're signing with St. Thomas. So, um, you know, Brad Frost has gotta gotta figure things out here because let's put it this way: it won't just be me saying, "Hey, what the hell is going on?" If they start losing recruiting battles on a regular be- basis to a school that just started their Division One
0: life three weeks ago, seems fair enough.
1: This seems like a great way to close. I hope everyone has a safe, healthy, and enjoyable bye week. Yeah, that's that's what we need right now. Is uh, the the Gophers need to
0: win the bye week? Uh, speaking of which, um, Trey Potts, uh, good quick return to whatever needs to be next for for Trey Potts. Uh, we don't know. Have we don't have any more inside information than anyone? We just know that. Uh, he had a you know a tough situation that put him in the hospital after the game, and we hope he's uh, doing well um, and continuing to get better and improve. Um, normally, we'd have predictions, but I don't know, we got no game to predict. I predict um, bet the over on Michigan, Wisconsin,
1: or Michigan, Nebraska. Oh, uh, that's what
0: I was going to say. I was going to predict Michigan was going to stop on Nebraska.
1: Was was my prediction. Different team in red, but same same general result. I
2: predict that I predict that Mercyhurst will not come down like COVID, like the Gopher Hockey's last opponent, and Minnesota will actually start their season at home this weekend instead of last weekend's games, which uh, did not happen.
0: Where's Mercyhurst again? Erie,
2: Pennsylvania.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because that's where in the uh, that thing you do, they win the Mercyhurst Town competition to start their whole thing. That's right. I'm bringing that thing you do into the podcast. Underrated film. You should rewatch it. And after you do, make sure to tune in for next week's edition of the Sky U podcast. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma. Row the boat.